Uh, welcome to the Fantasy Football Fanatics. I hope your game week is going well. Uh, on the pod this week, uh, from the heights of 7,052nd in the world um, and based in, in LA, welcome, Ben. Thanks. Um, never been this high in a long time. So, nosebleed territory. I'm feeling the pressure, to be honest. <laughs> And Matt, from the slightly more relaxed position of 365,117th in the world, <laughs> how are you feeling? Oh, on a high, on a high. Uh, or, yeah, no, no, or a, a medium high, should we say. Matt, is your mindset, like what Premier League team do you feel like? Are you, are you on the beach yet or still pushing? Uh, I feel like I've got two Everton assets at the moment and I feel like a bit of an Everton where... Uh, I guess top, yeah, well, 365,000. It's not bad, I guess, just compared to everyone who takes it seriously, it's just not that great. Yeah. Uh, there should be two league tables, shouldn't they? Everyone who's entered and everyone who's taking it seriously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for someone who records a podcast, it's pretty disappointing, I guess. But I and, don't think I'm the only one. If, you don't, if you've seen the Fantasy Football Scout, they've got like... Uh, like, I don't know, the legends of the game or whatever they call it. Um, and, yeah, you see the spread of the top, those ranks, uh, the top 10 sort of managers over the, the over the years. And, and one of them is over like a million in the world. So um, I'm beating him. I just uh, could do with trying to catch Gary. That's my, my main aim between now and the end of the season. Yeah, I, th- I think I'm the same. As long as I beat Matt, I'll be, <laughs> I'll be happy. Yeah, I, I do wonder. <laughs> I, I just looked up Andy's rank. He's one million... One million three thousand and thirtieth in the world. I, I dare say, Andy, um, out of people taking it seriously, would have a bit of a relegation scrap on. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry, kicking a man while he's away. Uh, it's just my, my style of hosting this podcast. But anyway, um, I think we all have that style, Gary. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so football, football moments of the week, um, and. On uh, having just watched the uh, Man United Man City game, uh, this seems like a good place to start. So, uh, so Ben, what would can I guess what your football moment of the week was? Yeah, really easy one. Uh, Manu's victory over City. I had a I had a inkling it may happen just because normally we go on these terrible runs where we're just dreadful to watch. I watched the Palace game midweek and it was awful. I think we had one shot on target um, and we we do have a good record against City because our style of play matches up well to theirs where we can like counter-attack um, and it was a great performance uh, especially Luke Shaw who I, I, I now call Shawberto Carlos <laughs> <laughs> amazing performance from him defensively but also going forward um, Dribbled past a couple of players, played a one-two Rashford, and then put it in the and put it into the corner. Um, great performance, him. Great defensive performance. Uh, Martial, who's been dreadful all season, played pretty well, won the penalty. Um, so very happy. It's classic Manu. We just play terrible against all these bottom place teams, and then manage to end end City's twenty-one game win streak. Um, and keep our unbeaten away wintry, away uh, undefeated streak going. So, I I think I have a vague memory of Manu ending 
Arsenal's kind of mass epic 49 yeah. game beaten run as well. So um, it's, it seems like you've got a talent for puncturing people's bubbles. Yeah, and as a fan, it's just, man, you, just as you're like, God, I hate this team. They just pull you back with one of these wins. <laughs> I mean, I was I was struck how physical a team Man U are these days. They're like, I think really they they knocked City off their stride, particularly the first five minutes. They were just big, like every Man U player just seemed to be bigger and stronger. And then when it comes to the counter attack, with like James and Rashford and Martial just flying at them, the, the, the only really Bruno in the team who isn't like an absolute unit or really really fast. So I, I think that might be a a formula for playing playing Man City. Although I'm not sure many teams can can replicate it quite as well yeah I do want to say we City played well they weren't lucky I think they had a couple of chances that they could have scored but you kind of have to ride your luck to beat City I feel like it's such a good team because um they're 2-0 down and then I'm like oh shit they're bringing on Foden, Foden. they could have brought on Bernardo so they have so many good players I think not a lot of people at least I've seen, have commentated that. I think City are walking the lead because they have essentially two first teams. Like no, yeah. no, no one has their squad depth. Yeah. Well, they've got the best defence in the league uh, in centre-back in Stones and um, yeah. Diaz. And they're rotating it because they can with Laporte. Like, it's just like showboating, isn't it? <laughs> their squad depth. Yeah, I mean, they, they just had, you, you cut away to Aguero, who's fit again, just watching watching on the <laughs> bench. And it's just like, yeah, the, the Man, U's, uh, sorry, Man City's second team would probably qualify for the Champions League. They're, they've got that much strength. Yeah, and because this season you play essentially every three days, I think that's where it gives them an advantage. Whereas, mm. I mean, we're going to talk about it later, when you compare them to Liverpool, they can't, they can't play, they don't have the, as deep a squad, so yeah. Yeah, no, well, we, we'll get on to Liverpool a bit later. So, um, Matt, what was your football moment of the week? Um, so, I have admittedly not watched much football this this weekend. Uh, and being a Man U fan, obviously, very delighted with how today's gone, with both Liverpool losing and, and United winning. Uh, but I'm going to pinpoint Sheffield United against Southampton, uh, the game that everyone was looking out for this weekend. <laughs> um, and I'm pinpointing it mainly because I was talking to my Sheffield United supporting mate uh, just, just earlier today. Um, and he was saying how the team is just completely injury ravaged. Uh, they've lost their best midfielder. They've got like eight defenders out. Uh, and they thought that maybe they'd have an inkling of hope if they'd just beaten Southampton, who obviously are on a stinking run of form and have lots of injuries themselves. But I think having lost that shows that they just have absolutely no hope. And uh, certainly his view was probably going to heads drop now and consider themselves completely relegated. And so they might be a in fantasy terms, a team to pinpoint uh, as one to like every time, whoever, whoever's facing Sheffield United, get on board those assets. Yeah, I, I mean, I was looking at their team and it, it seemed like like I, they didn't seem to have any any of the defenders I was used to kind of seeing. Like they got they got Ampadu, but I always thought he was a bit more of a, a midfielder. And then um is it brian yeah i don't even know who he is and i think i think baldock might have been playing as a center back so it was it was just like yeah who are these guys yeah they seem to have just fallen to pieces a bit i i want to know who is sheffield united's best midfielder because i could is it norwood uh norwood likes to pass it around i think he is a good um he's kind of their metronome 
I think he might have been going on Sander Berger. Oh, Sander Berger. Who's injured. Who's injured. Yeah. So they've lost him. And, yeah. I mean, you're we all big, remember... You're in big trouble when your best midfielder is Sander Berger. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah. John Lundstrom's certainly not hit the heights of last year either, has he? Uh, the the fans have turned on Lundstrom. They... they um because he's refusing to sign a new contract. So some people are saying, oh, why are we still playing him? He shouldn't be, uh, he shouldn't be in the team. But yeah, he seems to be the only one who's fit at the moment. But yeah, if it was based upon their whole defence last season uh, and having like a good midfield screen, uh, if most of that is missing, uh, they're bottom of the league, they can't score goals. Um, yeah, I think there's just so many signs of like, that they, if their heads are dropping um, because they now know they're relegated, pretty much, uh, they've got to be. A, a, yeah, I'm, I'm targeting them from from here on out. Uh, okay. So, so next five weeks, listeners, you've got their Sheffield United away at Leicester. They blank in 29. Then they're away at Leeds, at home to Arsenal. Then away at Wolves in game week 32. So a few to be looking out for there. Yeah. If only Harvey Barnes hadn't done his knee. Uh, yeah. Put him in and. Then, cost me points just to put him back out again uh and i'll be on to a winner yeah no that was a that was a crying shame um <laughs> you could sound more disappointed gary no no i had him as well sorry <laughs> <laughs> i transferred him in too um so yeah anyway I, i'll finish with my football moment of the week which um I, basically I'd, i i was just arriving home to watch the last 20 minutes of um burnley arsenal and it just seemed like, I, th- I think actually watching the highlights back, it wasn't quite as one-sided as this, but it just seemed like Arsenal were marauding forward and Burnley were just throwing their bodies on the line after shot after shot against shot. There was so many um, there were so many blocks on the goal line, like Ben Mee seemed to do about four of them. And uh, Eric Peters did this one where, again, he was almost on the goal line and it hit his shoulder, bounced onto the crossbar and looped up in the air. And he, he actually got sent off for it because the ref thought it had hit his arm. But then they looked it back, looked at it back, and it was off at the top of his shoulder. Um, but it was it was just one of those games that reminded me of kind of when you do those rage restarts on Championship Manager, where you just <laughs> all over the team. And there was another one where they cut it back, and, and Pepe's foot just seemed to disappear. All he had to do was like stroke <laughs> it into an empty net. <laughs> there was what what seemed to be a clear penalty, and I think everyone agreed, even on match of the day that it was just a blatant handball, but for some reason the VAR didn't choose to... It was against Pepe again. It was that man Peters who who uh, got away with that one and then shouldered the one against the crossbar a couple of minutes later. Um, and then to top it all off, Burnley's goal was uh, was a, a, pa- a pass across the back four from uh, Granit Xhaka, which just hit Chris Wood on the hip and bounced into the net. <laughs> um, but it was, I, I get, it was a bit baffling because like Granit Xhaka... Like looked up, he saw he had three Arsenal players out to the right. He saw Chris Wood, and he decided to just try and chip a ball through Chris Wood <laughs> to the fullback. Um, so it was kind of like, I, I guess maybe he was trying to get a bit more elevation, but it almost looked like he was trying to play it against him. So, so yeah, to be an Arsenal fan, uh, maybe, maybe this is maybe it's no coincidence Duncan isn't on this week. Uh, that must have been a, a hell of a frustrating game. You were yeah. following it closely, Ben, weren't you? With your yeah. Obama Yang yeah. Yeah. Maverick transfer. It was um I'll talk about it a bit later, but yeah, it was I think it was just pinball at the end where they were just like Gary said, just 
laying siege to Burnley's goal. Um, and the Zaka one, I agree, was, was so bizarre because it hit Chris Wood in, like, essentially his knee. Like, Zaka didn't get any elevation on it, even if he was trying to lob it over. But, I don't know, to be an Arsenal fan, uh, I don't know, this is, seems like part of the course, to be honest. <laughs> what one of the th- I mean we, we've, we've joked a bit that I'm too much of a Chris Wood fan on this podcast but and then a stat came up that it was his his 40th Premier League goal in 100 games which for me was I was surprised he'd scored quite that many um pretty prolific yeah Chris Wood to uh Man City right next season <laughs> <laughs> well is he doesn't get that many chances playing for Burnley. I would quite like to see him... If you put him in a team like Leeds, where they generate loads of chances... I know he used to play for Leeds, but it was not, not under Bielsa. Um, he, yeah, he could have a lot of fun. Anyway, um, we'll move on to the Listener League. Uh, with apologies that the, the Tottenham uh, Palace game has only just kicked off. So it's a little bit early days to be drawing any conclusions. Uh, and it seems to be very uniform, very much nearly everyone in the league has got somewhere between 20 and 30 points. Um, but yeah, at the top, we've got uh, Morten Lingbo from FPL Nordic, still in the lead. Uh, 32 points so far this game week, and he's on to 1,809. And the other team to break the 1,800 barrier is Stenhaug United, uh, Danninger Stenhaug. And Ben, you're, you're holding on there in third. We'll, we'll come on to your game week in a second. Uh, fourth is formerly VC, John Paul Dodwell. Um, 27 points so far on 1,775. And fifth is Eric Toft with the Raising Canes. I, I feel like Eric's, Eric's changed his team name. I don't know if that was, he's always been Raising Canes or, or not. But, um, but yeah, so that's, that's the top five. Duncan, your shadow Ben is is lurking in eighth um, as well. Oof. So always uh, lurking. Yes, and he's got thirty four points, so he's gradually reeling you in, uh, one game at a time. Um, yeah, so that's that's the listener league as it stands. Ben, do you want to talk us through a, a bit through your game week thus far and the the maverick move that you made to try and throw Duncan off the scent? Oh, I know it was. So I'm, 30, I'm on 36 points so far, um, and my live rank is 9,400. So hopefully I can end the game week in the top 10,000. Um, most of the game week, I was, I was like, I'm not going to make any transfers. I'm just going to save the transfer. And then it got to Friday night, and I was a bit bored. So I was like, oh, let me look at my FPL team. Um, and then I started convincing myself that I should get rid of Bruno Fernandes after the Palace game. Because, uh, you know, Man City away, then West Ham, West Ham on good form, and then a blank. Um, and I, I was thinking, who, can I, who should I bring in for him? And I, and I went with the differential Obama Yang that I don't think we talked about too much on the last pod. I think we, we were talking about Saka. Um, but Aubameyang has a, a really great record against Burnley. I looked it up. I think it was like seven goals in like four games. Um, and what really clinched it for me was I had the exact amount of money to put up to Aubameyang. <laughs> I was like, okay, this is a sign. I got to do it. I actually even thought about captaining him. But um, 
decided not to. Uh, he got a goal. I think he more or less matched Bruno. Um, so not too much lost. But watching the game, I I feel a bit annoyed because he could have got a massive haul because that penalty was nailed on. Like, I don't even understand the handball rule anymore because Pepe went round Peters. Peters stuck out his arm on natural position. I just don't understand how it wasn't given. Yeah, it was It was just even under, like, 1980s football rules. It was like Pepe was going round him and he battered the ball away with his arm. <laughs> I, I, he was very close to it. I Maybe he didn't mean to intentionally bat it away, but it, it certainly, it, his arm was out there. So, so yeah, that was... Uh, yeah. Um, so, eight points from Aubameyang. I think Bruno got 10, so that's another two points. Duncan can reel in on me. Um, <clears throat> other than that, the Villa, I got double Villa defence, um, which is great. Martinez and Konza got a clean sheet. Konza missed two great chances in that game, so a little bit annoyed. Um, I captained Gundo. I think most people in the top 10K captain Gundo, so we'll see if he does anything against South. I think they have Southampton next. Mm-hmm. And then we're podding halfway through Spurs. Palace and Kane has picked up an assist. Um, so yeah, nothing. I think my rank will more or less be the same by the end of this game weekend. I'm totally fine with that, to be honest. Okay. Yeah. No, we're still still putting up a strong showing for the pod and keeping our respectability um, in the in the top five there. Um, so dropping down to 41st place, uh, Matt's. 31 points, which is pretty much about par, and you, you've still got a couple of Everton players to go. So uh, so how's things going for you? Yeah, I mean, as, I think, as you say, it's about par. Um, I've just got the one Villa uh, player, Martinez, so I didn't get double defence uh, points, but uh, pretty clean, so clean, clean sheet there. Uh, Fernandez stuck with, so that that's good. And then Kane's got an assist so far. Um, I think... Uh, my two differentials, uh, so to speak, to catch people up um, in the overall ranks, and, and, and you, Gary, are sort of Robertson and Dina in my first 11 this week. And so, Robertson, home to Fulham. I mean, surely, right? Surely there's a clean sheet banker. But, uh, but no, it wasn't to be. He's, he has been the worst uh, player in my team. Right? Uh, just the worst signing. Uh, he has not come off at all. Um, and you keep thinking because he's such an elite player that surely he'll come good soon. Like that goal has got to be coming and uh, it never does. But I live and hope for Dinia tomorrow um, away at Chelsea. And, and Gary, you're coming to your team in a second. You've got double Chelsea defence. So if Dinia swung a ball in for Calvert-Lewin to, to ram home, that would be the sweetest moment for me. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, well, we'll hope that doesn't happen. Yeah, I'm on 27 points points at the moment pretty uninspiring but my one uh slightly maverick player was uh James Ward-Prowse who, who I brought in partly with this double game week in mind so he'd got a lovely 11 points against Sheffield United I've gone for Sterling as captain I'm one of the few people without Gundogan and kind of worried Sterling is going to get rested now for the midweek game um but yeah I, I guess it's worth uh being slightly self-indulgent and talking about my team a little bit but just to say um this is by far the furthest I've ever gone in the cup it's always been and and I'm kind of can take the excuse that I'm not concentrating on the league anymore as long as as I stay in the cup 
Um, I think I think a couple of my bad weeks have coincided with uh, my opponent's bad week. So I find myself in game week 27 of the cup. Um, and I calculated this as the, the, the last 4,096 in the world. Um, but unfortunately, my opponent in this round, I thought I had an edge on him because I, I noticed that he had triple Man United. And I was thinking, oh, well, I've got a, I'm just, Man City are going to beat Man United. He's screwed unless he transfers out a load of, uh, a load of players. But actually, he kept the faith with Fernandez and Rashford. So he's got 16 points from those two. Um, and so basically, I need my, my Chelsea triumvirate to, to rescue me. I, I think I need at least 10, maybe, maybe 15 points to be competitive from my, my Chelsea three. So it's, yeah, yeah, a clean sheet from Aspilicueta and Rudiger would just about do it. So let, let's hope that um, Dina isn't putting any of these good crosses in that you were, were dreaming about. <laughs> Well, if it's anything like my Calvert-Lewin captain uh, in the double game week, then uh, he won't. He won't. Uh, my team is like an Everton. It flatters to deceive. <laughs> yeah. When, to be fair, I, I mean, I've gone on the Chelsea, quite big on the Chelsea players, but I was in a similar position in the last game week. I needed a clean sheet from Aspilicueta and Rudiger away at Liverpool, and they, they didn't let me down. So uh, that got me through the last round. Um, so, yeah, see if I can keep keep going but I, I think I've won 10 in a row so far so it's uh yeah we'll we'll see the magic of the cup we'll we'll see how long it lasts um just to round off on the listener league um I wanted to kind of update you again we're, we're going a bit early here but the top point scorer so far and um a blast from the past uh Tanganganam style uh so it's a few of you may remember um, the, the the username Sunstar is actually my wife's team, and she basically has violently resisted playing since I think about November. Has just refused every time I mentioned <laughs> you've got these chips you can use. You might want to transfer out like Webster or MacArthur or Barnes who are all injured, but but she keeps saying no. I don't care anymore. Just make it stop. Uh, <laughs> but, but she is probably the only one with over 50 points. She's sat on 51 points, um, thanks to Ward Prowse, uh, Vestergaard, Chris Wood, uh, Maguire, uh, a few a few unusual players. But um, yeah, it, uh, yeah, with Son as captain, she could even get more points. So um, yeah, could could still yet mount a comeback and catches up. Who knows? But um, yeah, I think other than that. There's a Cloptimus Prime, Tom O'Sullivan, which has 49 points, but he took a he took an eight-point hit and triple captain De Bruyne, so I'm not sure I'm not sure that counts. Um, yeah, so that's the listener league, and we'll keep you updated on how that develops as things go on. Um, right then, so we'll just go through a few talking points now for the rest of the pod. Um, we're going to come back to the dreaded blank game week 29 in a second. Um, but first, uh, Ben, you wanted to talk a bit about Liverpool. Yeah, Liverpool, they lost six games at home now on the spin. Yeah, it's incredible. It was like 70-odd games without a defeat, like some kind of record. And now, first time in their history, they've lost six home games in a row. So from one record to another record. Yeah, I, I, was, I read somewhere online, if you had bet, 
20 quid on them losing their first home game against Burnley and then took that money and kept betting that they would lose at home to all these terrible teams, you would end up with like over a million pounds or something. <laughs> um, so yeah, really crazy run. Um, I saw Klopp today basically change his entire first 11. Um, so I think Firmino was injured, but there was no Mane, no Thiago, no Trent. Um, and they lost again, which is great as a rival fan, but slightly frustrating as a Mo Salah owner who is so expensive. And I don't know, I've just kept him through this run because you, you, you just expect him to score points, especially at home to Fulham. Matt probably feels the same uh, with Robertson. Um, so I think Liverpool players are are easy to get rid of for uh, the blank game week. Well, my, my conundrum is, where do we see their team going for the rest of the season? Because after the blank game, game week, I, I know some of us are planning to wildcard. They actually have a pretty good run. They, have, they play Villa Lees, Newcastle, Southampton, West Brom, Burnley Palace. They have Arsenal, Man United are probably their toughest games. But is it time to get rid of all Liverpool assets? Do we think Mo is someone you probably want to keep in, assuming Klopp can get it back together? Are they just going to focus on the Champions League? Because I think top four is really at risk for them if they don't get it together. Um, or have the wheels completely come off? I mean, you, you kind of have to think they're going to bounce back at some point. But yeah, no, I was looking at their their results and it it kind of caught my because I mean Salah has still got 171 points but it's been incredible because he seemed to be we were I think we were saying earlier he was picking up a lot of points without playing particularly well and now he's just not playing particularly well and not picking up points but looking at their results it sticks out like a sore thumb game week 14 they had that 7-0 win away at Crystal Palace which was just crazy. But then ever since then, they've barely put together a good result. They've had eight home games since then. And they've lost the last six. But straight after that Palace game, they drew 1-1 at home to West Brom. Um, they drew 0-0 with Man United. So it's eight, eight home games without a win. Um, but yeah, you kind of feel like they've got to the stage now where they, they could be dropping out of the European places. So you think that they've got to they surely must pick up at some point. I mean, I think also, also end of season, Mo Salah's now on for the golden boot still. So he, you'd think that he might still be quite a good pick, uh, purely based on his selfish terms, like the way he plays. Um, but yeah, as a Robertson owner, I can't wait to get rid of him and he's, he's not coming <laughs> back in. Because uh, I do think that they probably will pick up again, but... I don't know if they'll be keeping the clean sheets because, I mean, how much have they missed? Um, Van Dijk. Uh, yeah. yeah, Van Dijk in the end. Because uh, initially they just they seem to be still just about managing to get by. But yeah, but recently I think it's, this is the they're getting tested and they need that leader and they need like a rock at the back and he's exactly that and they just they've missed him so badly recently. Well, I still think after that 7-0 at Palace, everyone was saying, oh, they're going to win the league by 10, 15 points again. I, I just, I don't remember a team just falling apart this way for a long time. I mean, kind of, I guess Leicester kind of fell apart 
after they won the league a bit, but but no one really expected them to keep going. But uh, maybe Chelsea under Mourinho in the third season was a kind of a kind of example. But it's it's just the way that the wheels seem to have fallen off, and they just don't they just don't seem to have a clue at the moment. It's it's really bizarre. Um, slightly related, but uh, next week I was unsure of who to captain. Do you think it's a bullshout captain Mo Salah against Wolves? <laughs> Liverpool get it finally back together. Wolves aren't that good either, but uh, Wolves aren't that good, but they're a bit dour. I don't. They don't. Yeah. They never seem to concede that many goals. Would be my yeah my concern. Yeah, I could see Liverpool maybe bouncing back to win it, but not necessarily been a great game for. The upside potential of Salah might be a little bit limited with, with Wolves. Mm. Um, but then, I don't know, that, that's the thing with Salah. He's, he's so explosive. But yeah, he, he's gone, what, four or five game weeks blanking now? Yeah. Who do, who do we think is the best captain for game week 28? Well, I, I, it's a tough one because if you look like, I think Man City are away at Fulham and that, Fulham suddenly have become quite a tidy team and Man City... Just randomly might, rest people. Yeah, we'll just start resting people. Man U, I mean, I mean, Bruno Fernandes is always a good shout, but again, Man U at home to West Ham, that's the kind of game where you feel like like Moyes coming Hot back to his... Bus, yeah. Yeah. I, so I, I mean, so I was going to come on to this a bit later, but we might as well cover it now. I'd probably be tempted to go with Jamie Vardy. Leicester at home to Sheffield United. But I'm mm. slightly worried that Vardy has kind of lost his, his mojo a bit. He's been very quiet since he's come back from injury. And I'm kind of unsure whether to keep him. Um, his last double-point gate haul was game week 14. Uh, he's only scored one goal since then. Um, so what, what do people think about Vardy? Is he worth keeping in the team? I mean, I think... For the opponent, I'd say definitely. Uh, I, I, well, I keep him in the, the team for one more game against Sheffield United. But yeah, as you say, captaincy shout a bit of a brave one. Um, uh, I think they they're missing Barnes, who who we put in our team, um, and so that without that cutting edge from him, then uh, maybe they're just slightly uh, on on a bad bit of form. But um, yeah, I mean, so with, with regards to captaincy shout, my current bust team captain is Kane. Um, so he's got difficult fixture in the Arsenal game, but sort of that's the London derby. He's going to be super up for it. He's got a bit of a track record of scoring in it. So I wonder if he's a, he's sort of quite reliable premium asset. And I only have really, at the premium assets, I really have him, Fernandez, and I know, Gundogan, if you count that as a premium asset. So it's not a huge pool. And I don't fancy, uh, well, I quite fancy Fernandez because he always scores, but... Um, but yeah, I agree with you. Like West Ham have been a really solid team this year, and so not necessarily great upside. Yeah, I think Jamie Vardy also missing Madison. I would definitely keep him for Sheffield United and then get rid of him in the blank game week. Uh, the other mm-hmm. fixture I was looking at, and I don't have any Chelsea assets, is Chelsea Leeds. Um, because we, normally when Leeds try to play football against the big boys, they come really unstuck. Uh, so I actually, I like Mason Mount as a shout. I know you have him, Gary, and he, he scored against mm. Liverpool. We'll see how he does against Everton, if he can 
um, plays well. But I think uh, that Chelsea-Leeds game, I think, is uh, a little bit interesting. I do think on the quiet, there's not been a lot spoken about this, but I think Thomas Tuchel is one of the better managers around at the moment. And that the Chelsea... Pieces. that Yeah, and that, that Chelsea squad is so strong. It's probably the probably the closest all-round squad to Man City. So I, I he's already yeah he's already had an effect. But I, I'm kind of I'm going full. That's why I've gone full in with three Chelsea because I, I just feel like um, Chelsea is the way to go for the rest of the season. Yeah, he's annoyingly good. It's a shame they didn't keep Frank for a bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and it's a good shout being on the Chelsea. I mean, if they, if they were playing in 29, then I'd be putting Chelsea assets in right now. Yeah. Mm. So maybe uh, maybe we want to come on to game week 29. Oh, I just I just had one left field shout I just wanted to throw to you all. If, if you're looking at someone for 28, um, the, there was a new youngster breaking through at Leicester, uh, Sidney Tavares. I think he hit the post against um, in, in the last game against Brighton. But he was playing just behind the front two, uh, 4.5 million. He's kind of new onto the game, and he currently has an ownership of 49. Um, so if you if you really want a punt, then um, he might be uh, he might be someone for game week 28 of uh, the old gut punt if we want to bring that back just for one week. Um, <laughs> so that is the so gutsy yeah. of gut punts. <laughs> Remember the name Sydney Tavares, and there's only 49 other people if you if they have him. So uh, yeah. so yeah. His, fr- his friends and family and you yes <laughs> yes yes and the uh the aston villa physio or whoever the other inside knowledge people are um so um yeah let's move on to game week 20 well we're, we're kind of talking about blank game week 29 but also what might happen in 28 so so as it stands ben and matt how many uh players do you think you'll have playing in 29 uh yeah i can go first as i actually work this out i am currently on seven players um so i think so we have two game weeks um what i probably will do is take one hit to get 10 players out uh that feels all right by me because i think we were talking a little bit earlier none of the fixtures seem that high scoring um Tottenham Villa is going to be close. Arsenal West Ham is going to be close. Um, Leeds Fulham could be close, and then Brighton Newcastle will probably be nil nil. Um, so it may be a low scoring game week. So um, a minus four for ten players, I think, seems about right to me. Yeah, and I'm I'm just one worse. So I've got six players, and I'm thinking of taking a minus four to get up to nine. And I don't feel, yeah, like, I, well, I still don't feel the extra hits to get there. I actually don't feel that uncomfortable not having the full 11 because I I don't personally see it as a massively high-scoring game week. Um, just because there's so few players, not many managers will have 11 unless they've got um, their chip to play, the free hit chip or something. Um, and, and even then, yeah, like, as, I think as Ben says, the games are quite, are quite even ma- evenly matched. Yeah, but are there any players? So if you're looking to bring someone in now, 
for game week 28 who's got quite a tasty 28 to bring in for at least two weeks? Are there any, are there any players you're eyeing up straight away? Yeah, I think um, so. My my seven players um, are Martinez, Conza. So I think a Villa defender is is a good shout um, up to the run. They play they play Newcastle twenty eight. So that's a really good fixture. I have Son and Kane. Um, we talked a little bit last game week about maybe completing it with a a third Spurs player. Um, Gareth Bell just scored a second against Palace, so it'll be interesting to see if uh, he plays well against Arsenal. Maybe he's a good punt. Um, and then the other players on my list, I brought in Aubameyang as a differential. Um, I think Arsenal are actually a pretty good team. Uh, they, they beat Leicester pretty easily. I think we're really unlucky against Burnley. Um, I think they're they're... A sneakily good team, which is why I brought in Obama Yang. I think Saka, Saka Tierney are also on my list. Um, and then the other players on my list are West Ham players, Lingard, Antonio. Uh, but a tough, a tough game against Arsenal, I think. Um, and then the only Brighton Newcastle player I'm considering is maybe a Brighton defender dunk. I'm not too excited about attacking assets from either Brighton or Newcastle. Yeah, what what about you, Matt? Have you got anyone you've got your eye on? Um, so, I mean, very very similar sort of thinking. Um, it'd be maybe Reguillon as well for Spurs. Um, I know Bale was looking really good in the current game, but um, uh, we're also saying he's made of paper, so he might he might fall apart between now and then. So. Uh, but he got an assist when he last played. He's quite attacking. He seems to fit really well into the Spurs um, structure, and he, he can get defender points as well from Maguion. Um So he's the the other asset. And I was thinking, uh, yeah, I was thinking of just getting someone from the Brighton Newcastle game. But um, yeah, probably a defender on one side or the other. Um, yeah, Brighton aren't great at scoring goals. Neither Newcastle. So maybe maybe Lascelles or something like that. Mm. So. I'm slightly different to you two, is that I, I've still got my free hit chip. So I think my plan for 29 is to to use my free hit. Um, but that means that Brighton are still very much in my thoughts. Um, so I might, someone I quite like is Dan Byrne, the, the six foot seven inch fullback. Uh, he almost popped up with a goal right at the end of the Leicester game. But I, I think he's one of those that might just have a bit of a random set piece threat. Um, and he's very, very cheap, so it would help 4.2 million kind of make space for another player. Um, but yeah, with the free hit chip, it's going to be a frantic week next week, scouting, I don't know, Alexis McAllister and <laughs> <laughs> Callum Wilson and all these other players that were nowhere near my team, or which which Arsenal player, like Odegaard or someone like that. It might be, it might be like punting on a few different players just for a, just for a one-off week. Do you, do you have any drafts yet, Gary, or not yet? Too early. I'm, but what yeah. I'm going to, what what my general principle for this, and it it failed horribly when I tried this last time. But I will look at each of the fixtures. I'll try and figure out in my head what score the game's going to be, and then based on what I think the score's going to be, I will pick players. So if I if say I think that Brighton are going to keep, uh, say Brighton are going to beat Newcastle one nil, then that would obviously be a couple of Brighton defenders in there. Um, but you, you basically you're looking for 12 
players, three from each of the teams, I think is going to win each of those fixtures. And then, um, but but as we said, they're very they're all very hard to call. So uh, yeah, I'll maybe next week come come back to you all with a bit more of a um, punter's guide to game week twenty nine. Yeah, I mean you have a reputation, Gary, for being punty, so free hit well, should be your specialty. I just I just remember um, I. I I just remember doing this, was it last year or the year before? And there was this West Ham game. And I just spent ages looking at like Issa Diop and <laughs> Balbuena and all their other centre-backs. And in the end, they conceded a goal after about 15 minutes. And it was just a complete waste of a free hit. Um, but at least I don't have to distort my team out of shape for the next two weeks. Thinking of game week 29, I can just focus on who I think are good players. And if I do bring in Dan Byrne and Alexis McAllister, then at least they, they're going straight out the next week. The one game uh, we haven't spoken about at all yet is the Leeds-Fulham. What do people think is going to happen in that one? Which assets are the ones to get on on at that one? Well, I, I still don't have Rafinha, so he's definitely coming in for that game. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting because Fulham clearly, clearly have picked up form um, it'll be interesting to see if they play defensive against Leeds or or try and play football against them. Um, on the Fulham side, I, I, I saw Lookman, I got him a while ago, who's kind of riding my bench. So he'll get a run out against Leeds. Um, but yeah, I, mean, I, I have no idea how that fixture is going to go. It's it's a tricky one because if, if it was against a normal team, like the lead, the, the Fulham defence has sneakily on the quiet have been very effective these last few weeks. I mean, you've, you've got the two centre-halves, um, um, Anderson and Ada, Adarabayo, and you've got, is it Ain, Ola Aina, I think is the full-back. They're, they're all on like between 78 and 90 points. I think that's better than Trent's doing for Liverpool. Um, so, so yeah, the, like, like, uh, yeah. So Ola Aina scored a couple of goals. Um, so it, yeah, they, they, but but against such an attacking Leeds team, you're kind of like, well, would that would that Fulham defence do as well? So, but but then Leeds are a bit more open at the back. So players, yeah, like Luckman or Loftus Cheek, Caviero, who haven't. They've looked good in patches, but without actually not scoring many goals or getting many assists, um, might come into the thinking as well. Yeah, I mean, they it's it's leads are so difficult to predict. Um, you sort of just going to put them in your team and just wait for them to. Every so often they'll score loads and loads in the game, and then they'll have like these bafflingly poor results. Uh, so. I guess it's one where you just yeah you got to roll the dice, haven't you? Yeah, I mean one I mean one I'd definitely be looking at is Bamford if people haven't already got him just because damage limitation because I think everyone else will have Bamford that week and he tends to do better away from home so I think Bamford would definitely be in my my thoughts as well. Yeah, Bamford, Dallas, and Rafinha are like the the classic Leeds three at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, but they, you could go for Harrison or Klitsch with Leeds as well. They're, they're both similar price. And yeah, it, it is a bit of a punt though. I, I, need to, I need to do some deep mind analysis of these fixtures and figure out where I think the games are going to be won and lost. Because this, this, this free hit is my chance to kind of surprise everyone and, and move up the league. So we'll see if, uh, 
see if I can make the most of it. So we'll, we'll cover game week 29 in a bit more detail and I can maybe share the benefit of my analysis uh, next week. Um, I don't know if there's much more to say on on this week. Um, ben, Matt, do you have any other points that you'd like to raise for the for the pod? No, not really, except that um, Kane's got a, a goal as well. So goal and two assists is looking quite tidy for uh, our uh, particular little rivalry. <laughs> just thought you'd end on, a, end on a high there oh thank you bear of good news it's still the first half there oh no no we're into the second half I've been rambling, rambling on for um, a while um, yeah who got the assist to steal the name of another fantasy uh, football podcast M- Matty Doherty uh, that's no Lost good in the past. Did the, that's uh, no good to anyone did the classic passable two yards and then Kane smacks it in from 30 Mm. Yeah, this Kane fella is pretty good. I think he, I mean, he's a must-have in 29. Yeah, and maybe a good captaincy shout for next week. You say he's a must-have in 29, but he's away to Arsenal. I don't, uh... No, no I he's mean, away, to, away to Villa. Away yeah. to Villa, mm, probably. But I, I can't think of many players who've scored many goals at Villa this year. Um. Anyway, well, as you can see, we're all a bit confused and befuddled um, by the upcoming calculations. Um, So maybe we'll leave it there for this week. Um, Matt, do you want to say goodbye to the listeners? Farewell and good luck, everyone. And Ben, from the summit, what's the the view like up there? I mean, these cane points are definitely helping me, so I'm chuffed. Uh, and I just want to say good luck in your cup run, Gary. Thank you. Magic uh, of the cup. Yeah, hopefully I will still be in the cup when we come to mention this next week. Um, and Ben, mate, who knows? Maybe you'll be top of the the, the, the Fanatics League. Um, I'm just refreshing it now, and you're right up there. Uh, you've passed the 1,800 barrier. Um, although I think you I think you're trying to close down two other guys with Kane as. Uh, Sten Haug United has now got 54 points. So I think Kane is uh, is quite <laughs> common up there. So um, so maybe yeah. not. But anyway, good luck, good luck everyone for the rest of the games this week, and we'll catch up with you again next week for an in-depth look at the crucial game week 29.